1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's
3: the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, GearHeads. Welcome to Speed City. Welcome to 2021. We've hit the reset button, and Motorsports is looking forward to a better year in 2021. This is John Massingale. I'm sitting in the studio in Austin. And the intercooler pump is working as usual. Casey's got it about 60 degrees in here. And uh Les and Jonathan are both joining me via Zoom. What's up, boys? How are you? Happy,
4: Happy New, New Year! year.
5: Well, Ready.
3: Yeah, let's get this party started, man. It's 2021. We got plenty to talk about. Let me run down what we're going to talk about on the show tonight, because you would think this early in the year that we might have a little trouble finding things to talk about. But that's not true, because we're going to talk all about number one. We're going to talk about the business of motorsport. There's lots of good stories about that. A lot of them here uh, local. In fact, Circuit of the Americas, there's lots of good stories to talk about. And we're going to talk about uh, some other local things that that are going on here in Austin. But we're also going to talk about some Formula One stories. We're going to talk about the Haas F1, how they handled the Mazepin situation. And Jonathan is going to get us all up to speed about Lewis Hamilton's knighthood, what that means and how that came to be. We're going to talk a little bit more about Lewis Hamilton and... And all the things I'm dressed for that occasion. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Oh, absolutely.
3: (laughs) Do we have to uh, address uh, him in a different way, Jonathan? I'm certainly that's true.
4: Yes, you do. We've got a Flaherty feather in our hat, too, don't we? It's Sir Lewis.
3: (laughs) Yes. Not
4: Sir Lewis Hamilton. You only pronounce when you say the sir, you only pronounce the first name.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. More uh, education from uh, our Brit. So yeah, we're gonna talk all about those things. Uh, lots more stories. We're gonna have some fun tonight and uh, get everybody up to speed. But I think I want to go ahead and start with some of the uh, the business of motorsport stories. And Jonathan, we were just talking about this one. It's at the top of your list, and that is uh, Amazon and Formula One are in talks about streaming Formula One races. This is a really yeah. interesting story.
4: Yeah, I think it's a really good story and and not a real surprise, I suppose. Sure. The um, the success of Drive to Survive um, and what I would call docu-series um, that, that um, Amazon and Netflix and so on, Prime Video, have all got famous for, um, they're all venturing in some way towards sports. Amazon more so, perhaps, than others. For example, they have a live NFL game uh, on a Thursday night. Um, And so they're just dipping their toe in. And I think they'll do the same with Formula One. I think it'll be like the U.S. Grand Prix, for example, could end up uh, on Amazon as well. And the idea is, um, as you know, currently um, Formula One is shown on ESPN uh, on cable. But most of the younger audience don't really buy into cable these days. uh, And so, you know, having an Amazon account is different. Uh, Because they buy their stuff on Amazon, and then they buy Amazon Prime, and they watch their videos on that. And so we'll get into a situation where I think, uh, and if you go to Amazon now, you can see documentaries on Fernando Alonso. Uh, There's a a show called Inside Line. Um, We know about The Drive to Survive. It's been very popular. On on
3: Netflix, yeah.
4: Yeah, on Netflix. And I think what you'll find is you'll see more uh, behind-the-scenes style, NFL film style Uh, shows which which give you the story behind the story if that's the right way of putting it so you can watch espn and get the live coverage uh, or watch each and every other practice session but if you want to know uh what's going on with mercedes at the factory for example or you know if you want to see a launch party or something like that uh or a special test where a motorcycle takes on a formula one car or someone like valentino rossi gets a chance to drive a ferrari um these are the sort of places and it's 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 going to be you know piped towards a younger audience and that's that's just got to be great uh both for the american and worldwide audience
5: you know it's i think that's fantastic because to me that's what's missing in really getting the hooks into the american audience i realize you know everybody you know there's probably people all around the world that get to look at this but i think that's a big part of it is we're so inundated with nfl as you said that uh, we get to know these players on and off the field and uh, other parts of their life, just and more about the business. And, you know, we, we you can't go an hour without seeing an NFL based show on some of the sports channels. So I think this is fantastic for the sport.
4: Yeah. I mean, think hard knocks and all or nothing, um, these sorts of shows where they follow a team or a person behind the scenes for a period of time, and, you know, it's great entertainment. And as you say, Les, it gets you to know the person and and then therefore creates both goodness for their brand, but also a chance for you to pick which guy you like. So if it's a documentary on Charles Leclerc, um, then you, you know, you can get into that. And and then when you show up for the race, you're behind your guy. Yeah. Exactly. And,
3: and what you said, Les, about just uh, expanding where people can see the sport, I think. The best thing that's happened along those lines of actually watching the live sport is espn because it is such a you know if you walk if you were to be at a uh, either a a restaurant or bar and it happened to be a time when formula one was on or even the replays that they do it's you'd have a chance of seeing formula one on television where when it was on nbc sports not as much so because you know you walk into any restaurant or bar that's it's got a television you you chances of it being ESPN are pretty good. So that, but the fact that we're now they're, they're talking about Amazon, you know, I recently I got lucky and uh, Google Fiber came to my neighborhood and I snatched it on the first day I could, and I took the opportunity to cut the cord. I said adios to my cable company and I went to a streaming cable television service. I went I went to YouTube TV, and so. um uh, there's, you know, there's this just everybody's getting so used to it. And so now I've got an interface on my television that's got, you know, Amazon and and Roku and all those different things. And this is just another place to find it. And I think it's they've got to be moving in this type of direction.
4: So, so if I I've got a question, that. if i got a Google question, can I just call you instead? Now?
3: <laughs> you do that already. What are you talking about? <laughs>
4: <laughs> how does this change? Brilliant. Me? <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, John, I got to ask how uh, what have you missed in motorsports? Or what are you having to do something different for? I'm uh, trying to move my way away from the cable, and well, you know, yes, I've got the F1 app for everything else. I've got uh, you know a few of those MotoGP app. I've got yeah, I've got some of those. What are you missing without having to go
3: get those individual group apps? Um, so the not much so far. It's going to be you know MotoGP. Um, I went ahead and got the. Man, I'm having trouble remembering exactly what was included in YouTube TV and what were the apps that I downloaded onto my television. But I, I know that, for example, Formula One obviously is on there because ESPN is part of it, and it's got like 90 channels for like $65 a month or something like that. So, uh, but I don't think I know you can get Formula One. Of course, I know you can get IndyCar and NASCAR, uh, MotoGP. I'm not sure about yet. I don't I don't know about that. Where is MotoGP going to air now? It's on NBC. It's that's right. It's on NBC. That's right. I've forgotten well, NBC that. Sports. Yeah, it was on yeah. BN and went to NBC. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I <laughs> mean,
4: the the bottom line is to answer. I would answer it differently, Les. I I actually think you've got more chance of getting more niche stuff. Um, and and to a certain extent, once you drill into Formula One, it becomes more and more niche. So, for example, I watch Sky Sports News through an app on my Fire TV from Amazon. And therefore, I get stories about Lewis Hamilton that are only for the British audience. Um, And so, you know, if there is a story or a rumor of a story, you know, sometimes you can get you you can get ahead of of some of the websites and so on because, you know, they're set up that way. And then likewise, if you drill down, um, there's a lot more on offer from some of these like Red Bull TV, for example, Um, you know, things that you wouldn't see on a Formula One website could be on Red Bull TV um now that's lots of sports but formula one is obviously a big part of um red bull as well
5: well i've been getting this conversation more and more over the past year and i think this is really going to drive that even further and you know it's a legit conversation and i think more and more you know especially during the pandemic i myself have been using uh, other approaches than the cable tv for one it was a personal choice that i'm trying to cut that cable and get in there but uh being able to find the motorsports I want to see and and to see them in a timely manner. That was one thing that I've seen is that they may not uh, post up some of the races and some of the other groups for, for a day or so. I I don't think think it's an issue.
4: It is, is, is what's called the over the top um, OTT um, offering. And what that means is it's basically what a sport offers above and beyond the regular coverage. And so, for example, in Formula One, I was involved when they first experimented this uh, about 10 years ago now, um, but they, they, they offered subscribers to Sky TV in the UK, not only the race coverage, but your chance to go on board with your driver for as long as you wanted uh, and so I was a good friend of Alex Jung who was who was driving uh, for Minardi at the time and so I would spend a lot of the race on board with him just watching his race so let's say you're a Fernando fan and, and, and even if he's not winning for Renault you could stay with him the whole time and I think that's where we're going and that's where the younger audience is going so you may have your TV playing and then on your your iPad you're you're watching the over over the top offering um from Amazon who or whoever they they decide to to do business with, but that's why it's, it's exciting because it's, it's basically doubling the amount of coverage you can watch.
3: Yeah. And I think we're, we're there now, unless it's not an issue anymore. You, you, it would have been maybe even as far back as two years ago, but it's not, you, you can get all the motorsport you want now. You know, the first thing I did was go tell it to go record formula one and IndyCar and NASCAR and all that. And, and it's all there. I mean, MotoGP was the only one I'd, I wasn't sure about, I'd forgotten, but I already, I did add that channel because I know we always get the subscription where we, like, Jonathan's talking about the OTT. So, all
4: right, guys. We well, do your gotta... kids mind that you're, uh, you know, that you're getting into their space and, like, you know, you have YouTube TV? Well, the problem I mean, is, is that, that
3: they know that dad's always been the bleeding at edge of technology, which they really oh. they really hate that because they can't, you know, they can't sneak around technology-wise. I'm, I'm always a step ahead of them. So.
6: That's terrible. <laughs>
3: All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion. And also, we're going to talk about giving away some tickets to Coda to the very first NASCAR race. Yeah. So write this phone phone number down, 512-643-5483. And uh, we're going to talk about giving away some tickets. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin back after a quick break.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP-inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at Motivation USA usa.com that's motivationusa.com or one in a million online at Million dot com. Talk thirteen seventy, the right
7: choice.
8: Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City.
3: Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. Thanks, Mario, for bringing us back. And Mario, we've hey. best, best uh, sympathies to you because I know your brother, his twin brother passed away uh, this Aldo. week. And that was, Aldo, yeah. Although that was a... in. Mean, yeah, the condolences to the Andretti family. Really saddened to hear that story. Jonathan, what were you going to say?
4: Exactly that. Ah, I wasn't okay. sure whether you knew. Uh, I read that today myself and was very saddened by it. Yeah.
3: Well, I gave out the phone number a while ago because we're going to give away some NASCAR tickets. But we have some guys here in Austin that run a really cool shop that called in. I told them to call in because I thought what they're doing is really cool. And it's not an ad or anything like that. I just said, man, this is cool stuff for Austin. So we got some guys from Petro Lounge on the line and want to bring them on now. Hey, guys, how's it going?
9: Hey, thank you for having us. This is Randy this is jack
3: hi <laughs> hey randy and jack
9: happy new year guys
3: well you got some happy big news huh you got some big news some things happening over there huh
9: yeah we uh we just closed on uh 36, square feet of warehouse space over here to uh to house cars and you know help people manage wow. their collections it's fantastic
3: that is awesome i mean I, I, we're going to talk all about what you guys do real quick here but how big was your old space
9: Roughly, we had about 15,000 square feet all told. We've been expanding for a while.
3: Yeah, so you're more than double now. That is awesome.
9: Yeah, it's really great.
3: Well, you guys do all sorts of stuff. Not only can you store your car there in a climate-controlled, safe environment, but y'all do all sorts of, what, concierge-type services?
9: We do. We do concierge services for remote drop-off and pickup. And also, we we check over things every week on the cars. We start them up We. See what's needed with the cars and we work with other local shops in the area and we do all the logistics so you can enjoy your car without any question or you'll know what's up with it if in your absence
3: so if i've got a porsche 959 uh, I've, I've got one i just keep it in, in the front yard but if i've got a 959 <laughs> and i want to and i want to park it over there at your guys place and and uh occasionally bring it out i could just give you guys a call a heads up and you'd have it ready for me in an hour and ready to go tire pressure's up everything oil checked and ready to go
9: absolutely that's that's the whole idea behind the concept is you you leave your car with us and cars don't like to sit so while you're gone while you're doing your other stuff we manage your car we look at it every week we start it we make sure everything's okay so when you come to pick it up it's just ready to go you just get in and drive
4: Randy, I got a question for you. I mean, obviously, there's there's kind of two co- forms of collectors in my mind anyway. There's guys that have got special cars that mean something historically or uh, have a you know have a price tag on it that, that that can be sometimes even priceless. But have you seen a change since the Circuit of the Americas in performance cars that, that you look after in terms of guys wanting to, to store a performance car that they wouldn't want on the road, but they might take to the track? Um, has it changed in terms of your inventory? Because you've been around a while, you guys. Absolutely. We've been around since 2014. And there's more and more exotic
9: cars in Austin. And some of them are hidden in the woodwork that you wouldn't even know that existed. So there are investment cars out there. There are performance cars out there. But I think the average customer that we do have are your Porsche, your Corvette, whether it's classic or it's current, it's all over the map. And another thing at least thirty-five, maybe even forty percent of our customers are women. So it's not just boy toys anymore that have their nine fifty-nine in the front yard.
3: <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. Who drives their cars more, Porsche owners or Ferrari owners?
5: Porsche owners by
3: far. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: figured ridiculous question, yeah. I know
3: that. And I want to I say something. So it's been great getting to know
5: these guys. We're not sending them away anybody anytime soon. But these are you know, Jack and Randy are both authentic enthusiasts themselves and have had a cool history of performance cars and funky little things. Uh, Randy, tell them what uh, you came to the uh, holiday social win.
9: Oh, so I recently picked up a 2013 Morgan three-wheeler and it is a hoot. It is the most ridiculous, <laughs> impractical thing. There is no AC. There's no doors. It actually has zero visibility around you, even though it's all open. Uh, so that's a motorcycle. I made a couple of laps around Koda. so <laughs> got that going for it.
3: Well, it is kind of a motorcycle, Jonathan, because when you when you build a <laughs> three wheel car, you kind of adhere to the motorcycle rules. I think, yeah. isn't that right? You sort sure of. In fact, do. it's got a. Uh, I think it's a 105 inch uh, SNS
5: hard oh, yeah. twin engine <laughs> on the front.
9: Two liter SNS motor uh, paired to a Miata NC five speed transmission to a bevel box and a belt drive out the back. <laughs> to a massive one seven five tire that uh, your lawnmower tire is probably bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: that's okay. Cool. Well,
5: Jack also has stuff. Jack, what do you have interesting right now?
9: Oh gosh, uh, I guess the most interesting thing I have is a uh, Autozam AZ one, which is this little bitty micro car <laughs> that they only <laughs> Randy's over here week. <laughs> they they only sold it in Japan. It's six hundred and sixty cc, so it's a little tiny engine. Mid-engine turbo gull-wing doors, and it'll just about fit in the bed of a F one hundred and fifty pickup. It's I've crazy. seen
3: those. I know that, <laughs> I, I didn't know it by name, but when I googled it, just when you said it, I've seen those before. My son's kind of into some of the JDM stuff, and I I, I know the car exactly.
9: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, well, it's a hoot. It's, it's so much fun to drive. It always gets attention. You know, people look at it, they're like, what am I looking at? It's too small for American roads. And then you open up the gullwing door and people, the crowd just goes wild. Yeah. It's crazy.
3: <laughs> Anything with, with gullwing doors or kit car or whatever it is, if it's got gullwing doors, people
5: are going to get excited about it. But that's what I want people to know about Jack and Randy and, and the entire team at Petrol Lounge. Uh, quality enthusiasts that uh, have their own passion for taking care of, of really cool automotive vehicles. Well,
9: that's I hate... why we got into this business.
3: Yeah. Well, guys, uh, is there anything you guys do that we haven't talked about? I just want to make sure people know, and we'll give out your website and, and all that.
9: One thing we do have is we have this in-house detailer, Nathan Hades, with Texas Shine. And so he takes care of any of the detail work that we need done to keep everything in tip-top shape when it looks great in that sun that's outside. And let me also say, uh, Nathan, in my opinion, is the best in this town and he has gone to cavallino and won there with a couple of cars so he wow. really knows this stuff yeah i mean cavallino is like pebble beach for ferrari collectors so he is a- amazing miracle worker
3: that is very I'll, uh,
5: I'll second that uh, nomination of nate uh, i take care of the uh, the christmas or the family vacation truckster yeah the p green double wood green the family thing. truckster and uh, I had him uh, come check it out and take care of it for the client. Always great work, easy to work with too.
3: Well guys, thanks a lot. You can find them at petrolounge.com. Appreciate it guys. Hey, and, and y'all spread the word. If you know we're going to start doing this more and more on the, on the Sunday night show, the local show where we uh, if there's something going on in the in the local gearhead community, we want to know about it and bring them on and talk about it
9: sounds great. Thank you so much for having us on, man. This Thank you. Fantastic.
3: All right. Good luck in the new space, guys. Good luck in 2021, right, guys. guys. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy
5: there.
3: New Year. All right. Very cool story with those guys. That's fun. Uh, Jonathan, that's I want a lot of footage. That's a lot about, of... big you
5: know, One thing I'll say is we talked about all these really cool and funky things, but it doesn't have to be. And a lot of the customers that they cater to are uh, the folks that are living downtown where you're paying a few hundred dollars a month for that parking spot. And uh, yeah, you, know, you may might as, as well as get
3: as well. a concierge service to go with it. Right.
5: Exactly. For, uh, for not much difference, you can have that car cared for and ready and uh totally secure as well. You can't say that about those parking garages downtown. <laughs> I, I think I've been in uh, most of the parking garages down there and I won't say they're all that secure. So, uh you know, great. That's yeah, easy, easy to find as well.
3: Well, Jonathan, we I really want, want to talk about time Lewis time. Hamilton. Now I want to talk about yes, his, that. Uh, two things. One, his knighthood. Uh, right. I mean, I, I'm trying. To, I was trying to equate it to uh, something equivalent in the United States, and I thought that's either being appointed a Kardashian, or <laughs> but but on a serious note, I think there actually is a, a sort of equivalent: the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which hasn't been around <laughs> hasn't been around for centuries like knighthood, but but I think it's probably the closest thing.
4: You know what? That's absolutely the equivalent in today's day and age. Um, It used to be back in the day, back in the day of uh, wars and going off to uh, to fight uh, for the the, the king and realm um, with a knighthood by the king. If you served the crown uh, in a good way and were deemed to be a good fellow. Um, And of course, uh, and of course, the riches that went with that. So you could be a regular soldier or a regular um, general and the king would see that you did great work or won a great battle and would then knight you and they take a sword and they go from shoulder to shoulder and they you become Sir Lewis or Sir whoever, Sir Galahad. Um, Whoever you might be. But of course, uh, being England and nothing changes, um, the tradition has continued. (laughs) And in modern day, sportsmen, great businessmen, um, you know, uh, Olympic gold medalists. uh, And now Lewis Hamilton, uh, one of uh, four, I think, uh, Formula One stars over the history. uh, Sir Sterling Moss, Sir Jack Brabham uh, and... um, who else am I thinking? Uh, oh, uh, so Jackie Stewart, of course. Oh, yeah. So they've all yeah. been knighted, and there really is no real advantage about being a knight. There's no uh, financial reward for it. Um, but there's there's a few traditions, and one I read here that I thought I should uh, let Lewis at least know, Sir Lewis. And by the way, you, you kind of bow when you you meet a <laughs> sir. So next next time, Les, don't yeah, you sure. know, take your hat okay. off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it says when on a quest, he would remove his armor and arms only while sleeping. And I worry for Toto Wolf that that could slow things down a little next season. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> They're going to have to re- redo oh, yeah. the car to make that work out.
4: And and the other one was if taken prisoner, he would give up his arms and horse to his opponent and not fight the opponent again without the opponent's consent. And he would only fight one on one against an opponent. So we could say that his you know he's only really allowed to fight against Botas now.
3: <laughs> yeah, there you so go. So this could
4: be this could be the chink in the armor that Red Bull have been looking for. <laughs>
3: I like it, Mr. Green. Um, all right. Well, this is a good segue into something else you wanted to talk about, Jonathan. That is uh, yeah. the, the transcendence of Lewis Hamilton, as he, you know, we've all seen his, you know, we we you know we talked about um, yesterday. When we were talking about this. We talked about going back in in Lewis Hamilton's past. He's always had idols such as Martin Luther King, and and outside of motorsport, you know, besides, I mean, uh, Michael Schumacher and and erin senna but um but but this is he's really reached that plateau now that he really really has an argument to say the greatest woman one driver of all time
4: yeah and i i think that the word that we used while discussing this previously was he could transcend the sport and what i mean by that is not many um athletes transcend their sport tiger woods uh michael schumacher is one that did that but to do something else with that notoriety, with that knighthood. He was also sports personality of the year, as you can see there in that photo. Um, but I think Lewis has a very serious object now, objective now, which is to, to use his position. I think life has changed and now we're all a brand and he is very much aware of his brand and he's taken up the mantle of fighting for Black Lives Matter. Um, and, and I think it's true and real. It's not, um, you know, it's not just because. Uh, I think he really does believe in it. He uh, he had a lot of racist incidents growing up in a pretty, pretty white dominated sport. And so he's had a tough time on the way up. And I think he wants to give back. I think he believes in Black Lives Matter. I think he wants to give opportunities for both. He's got two prerogatives right now, both for diversity and for women in motorsport, um, which he started. And what I was going to say is I think that Lewis in his later age will do something that no other formula one driver, including Michael Schumacher ever did, which is to um, become um, effectively an icon for more than the sport, but to, you know, to be a celebrity, but much more than that, to give, to give to charity, to, uh, to give to prerogatives and um, ideas Uh, similar to how Bill Gates is going about um, what he's doing now in his world. And while I'm not comparing him to Bill Gates, he does have the kind of money and the kind of following of a much younger generation to be quite uh, a force to be reckoned with. So think more uh, LeBron James, Tiger Woods uh, type of figure, um, because I think that's where he's headed uh, long after his career is over.
5: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And there's been, a, there's been a little confusion. I still haven't seen an absolute answer from Lewis. Certainly he is uh, bringing awareness of racism as many are, and that's a good thing. There was some backlash I saw online uh, regarding the Black Lives Matter as a movement versus the Black Lives Matter organization. And there seems to be some confusion and there's no absolute answer. Is he directly involved with that organization or just as a movement against racism? and so uh still kind of leaving that out to to be defined and i thought that was a really important thing because i know there's a there's a there's a very strong polarizing organization uh that some like what it sounds like and some don't like the way they behave so just want to make yeah i
4: I think uh if i was to sum up lewis i haven't spoken to lewis about it but uh sir lewis um about it i'll doff my cap um but um (laughs) I would have said he's he's about uh, more than Black Lives Matter. He's about racism and fighting racism. Um, now all the soccer players in England kneel at the beginning of games, similar to how Kaepernick did. Um, and whether you like it or you don't like it, it's now part of 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 our world. And um, I think awareness and the ability for sportsmen, uh, which has changed in my lifetime. When I grew up, I was told that to, to leave sports and politics aside, it, they shouldn't mix. Um, but, you know, ever since those famous Olympics with the, the Black Power salutes, um, we've seen uh, more and more it creep in. And now it's just a part of the fabric. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you can like it a lump it. It's part of our modern day sports today. Yeah. All
5: righty. Well, I got a question for you because I was not aware that uh, anybody else around the world was also kneeling at the beginning of their game or their match. Uh, is it done during their national anthem or anything of that
4: nature? And do they get the same backlash? No. Um, interestingly enough, in the Premier League, which is, of course, probably the most uh, well-known here in America of uh, British sports, um, the Premier League soccer, um, but before the start of each and every... And by the way, soccer's had a lot of racism and still does. Uh, and what I'm talking about is black players playing in Europe, uh, being taunted by the fans... Uh, with racist chants, uh, being uh, literally spat at and ridiculed uh, or mocked on social media. And it's, it's a serious issue. It's is a dangerous issue. Uh, hmm. um, um, likewise, wow. LGBT, LGBT2 have also been, um, you know, uh, picked out. Um, and um, so at the beginning of every soccer match this season, um, the whistle blows, and instead of kickoff, they all kneel, all 22 players and the coaches kneel. Now, they don't have to, but they do, and they've taken it on as a unit to make people aware that uh, racism, and that's what this is about, It isn't not Black, Black Lives Matter or anything like that, it's racism is not acceptable in the sport of soccer. Uh,
6: you know, it's interesting. And a lot of other
4: sports do it too. It's what funny, you know, broke, like
3: um, who, what's who's the quarterback? Gosh, Drew Brees. You know, he's from Austin. Uh, you saw earlier this year, he yeah. kind of came out against it, and then his players, you know, got him together and said, "Look, here's what this is about." And I was yeah. kind of on that same page as Brees until I, you know, started looking at what how this how you should look at this, and I I think it's I still I don't. You know, it it is a dilution of my sport. I turn on my television. I want to watch sports. And, but it, like you said, Jonathan, it's not going away. So, but hey, we just well, had a, somebody tweet at us, by that, the way. He said that yeah, uh, any,
4: any form of revolution is messy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well,
5: exactly. You
4: know, I'm right there with you,
5: John, because I've said the same thing about my musicians that I go see their shows at, things like that. I don't want to hear your politics. Well, yeah. this should not be political, this is civil. This is civil rights. It's not just your party versus our party or or whatever political yeah. thing. This should not be a
4: political issue.
3: Well, we got to go yeah, to break. I but think in the, the case of soccer, do, it isn't a political
4: was, issue. I, it's an issue that affects the sport.
3: Yeah, it does affect the sport. That's where that's for sure. So hey, we got to go to break. But I want to read this real tweet. This tweet real fast, Jonathan. Somebody tweeted at us. He said, uh, "America may not have knighthoods, thankfully." He said, "But in Kentucky, we can make you a colonel." Or a Duke of Hazard, if you prefer. So that's from (laughs) that's from Adam in Kentucky. He's tweeting that.
4: You get to meet Daisy if you become (laughs) a Duke of Hazard.
3: There you go. I'll I'll sign up. I've always wanted to meet Daisy. We all did. All right. We'll be back after a quick break.
9: At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else, just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas Ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town, in your favorite store, or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane, open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company.
7: online at caddyaustin.com. Talk 1370.
5: Hey, this is
1: Kurt Bush. You're listening to Speed City Radio. Welcome back to the fastest
3: hour in radio, Speed City. What a brilliant producer, having Kurt Busch bring us back because... We haven't still we haven't gotten up, didn't he? we we haven't gotten a call to because we're going to give away some NASCAR tickets the inaugural NASCAR race at Coda. don't forget what is that it's in May but hey, give us a call 512-643-5483. six four three
5: five four eight
3: three I'm going to give it to anybody who calls five one two six four three five four eight three
4: Well I'm going to ask him a question as well which is who was the first NASCAR driver to drive the Circuit of the Americas
3: I like that question. And there's a hint in this show already. Yeah! <laughs> uh, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> I uh, Les, I was going to tell you you know this. We always used to say uh, the, the when the weather was cold. What is it? It's fifty two outside. It was God's intercooler. Uh, That's right. In the in the in the Turbo Caddy tonight on the way to the show. I uh, actually broke loose at about seventy miles an hour when I when I saw twenty psi hit the uh, on the meter. And did just a little bit of uh what did what did uh Colin Edwards call it? Sphincters sphincter
5: type? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do well, um, you remember when we had the uh mayor of Austin on the show and we brought I think we were in that uh and I complained about the tires breaking loose at seventy and remember <laughs> what he said?
3: No, I don't what did he say?
5: Keep low bed
3: asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> that Lingenfilter Filters Z- uh, Corvette—it wasn't a ZR1, but it was a Lingenfilter C5. That thing made 850 well, to the tires.
4: It from- was a good job you were on I-130 because you were doing the speed limit, right? Yeah, yeah,
3: I, I, I was. Of course. Yes, I was. Uh, I, that's where I was.
4: Took the long way.
3: But you know, <laughs> he probably went out by the
5: Tesla factory to see how it's coming along. <laughs> oh, nice segue.
3: Nice segue, Mr. Kaiser. We're going to talk about some local stuff, but it's really international, if you might say, because. Here in Austin, you know we're we're kind of we're numb to all the top ten lists and best city for that this best city for that, but it's hard to argue when people like Elon Musk and Apple and Amazon and and just you know company after company are bringing their headquarters here. Well, Elon Musk has not only is he bringing his company, but apparently he's moving here, and they are full speed ahead on the factory out there, uh, out out near Coda. It's about. It's really close to Coda. Actually, it's about five miles from Coda, and on the eighty-five mile an hour speed limit, right out there. Not long, but they are full speed ahead with all sorts of projects here in Austin. They've they've got this factory that's going on, and there's also if you go to one of Elon Musk's companies, it's called the Boring Company, and it is a, it is very exciting what they do. <laughs> you know that that's the one you've probably seen this where they dig these tunnels and these talking about about uh getting rid of traffic by putting tunnels underneath cities and i don't know all i know about the boring company in austin is that they're hiring and, and in on their hiring page they say austin the location is austin texas so all well, that's these like a I could dig <laughs> nicely played so well,
5: actually he just uh i guess it was not long after the tesla truck came out the cyber truck that uh elon let jay leno drive the truck, and then they pulled into the tunnel. They're in LA, they've got a, a segment. It's not real long, but it's kind of a proof of concept. And mm. they let Jay, yeah. and he gives a great explanation. So check out Jay Leonard's garage spot on that. If you could replace the 405, then maybe maybe next it'll be Mopac.
3: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Mopac's been nice during yeah, the pandemic about the only thing.
5: There's a lot of discussion about the capability because it does not necessarily disrupt the surface of the land to run this under, it, beneath it. You know, so, it, uh, it,
3: it sounds crazy, right? I mean, it sounds crazy like how, but I am not, everything that Elon Musk does, if, if he have said to you 10 years ago, I'm going to completely disrupt the automotive industry and become the largest by market cap company in the world, you just said he was crazy. But, and, and you know, he's going to Mars and,
4: and, I, and I'll tell you what, you know, I'll use my Britness here, but growing up in England, they said, "Oh, you'll never put a tunnel underneath the channel." Exactly. <sighs> takes takes 20 minutes now to go from England to France. There you go. Miles. Did that uh, last
5: year and uh, that was exactly Amazing. It.
3: All right, hey guys. Looks like we have a couple of callers on the line. I am going to uh, I'm going to start with one who's been holding the longest. And that would be Corey. Corey from here in Austin. Hey, Corey. Welcome to Speed City.
6: Good evening, gentlemen. How are y'all?
3: I am good. How are you?
6: Good, good. Thanks for having me.
3: Well, uh, are you calling about the NASCAR tickets?
6: I was calling about the NASCAR tickets.
3: Well, Jonathan's going to ask you a question. It's not going to be a requirement to win the tickets because I already said it. but, (laughs) But go ahead, Jonathan.
4: We were there the first time a wheel of a NASCAR was turned at at uh, Circuit of the Americas. Do you know which uh, NASCAR driver drove the drove his car at Koda?
6: I believe that was Kurt Busch. Very good. good. Wow. <laughs> Very nice. nice. I was gonna to say Tony Stewart, but that was more recently. Kurt Bush was Yeah, the that was last year.
4: Exactly. That was the trick question. But yeah, Kurt did it when uh the V eight guys came and we had two V eight guys who drove the NASCAR and then he drove their car and it was a great fun day out, actually.
6: Yeah, it was James yeah, was at, That's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I was at the race. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well you
3: you were at the V eight supercars, huh?
6: I was, yeah. Man, been, you, uh, so what do you
4: what do you think of uh NASCAR coming?
6: I think it's really exciting. I think it's um, it's a great opportunity not only for for COTA and the, the Austin area, but for NASCAR as well. I think you know them running the, the full three point four mile track, um, you know, with putting some of those turtles in to make the guys really drive the track and not cut the corners. I, I think that's going to be a great race and overall good for Austin and good exposure for the sport as a whole.
4: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I couldn't I think agree Charlotte, more. Charlotte the Rovell proved that, that how exciting it can be.
6: Yes, agreed.
3: Yeah, I think it'll be great. Yeah, and Corey, good for Circuit of the Americas too. I mean, you know, we we it took us a while here in Austin to get the fans, the the city, uh, you know, to to even understand Formula One, and I think we've gotten pretty far down that road. But there's no explaining NASCAR. Everybody gets it, and I and I'm really I'm really intrigued to see what the crowds are going to be like and how that's going to be all how that's going to play out. But we got some other callers, Corey. Thanks for calling. But hold on, because we're going to get your info and uh, get you some tickets. And we have our next caller. We got Adam Thank from, you. yeah. Thanks, Corey. We got Adam from Kentucky. Hey, Adam, uh, welcome to Speed City, or should I say, welcome back? Is this the same Adam who's called before? <laughs> yes,
10: this is the same Adam with uh, the bone to pick with Nikita Mazepin.
3: Oh, that's right. Oh, ah, 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 well, good, good. Hey, Adam, well, good scene, the, segue.
10: By the oh, way. That's my now.
3: <laughs> By the way, Adam, we just got Lesk told me when well, we were about to get on the air. He told me we got our hats in, so we're gonna send you your hat uh this week. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah, so we got those coming. Well what what are you calling about tonight?
10: Well, I so I guess it sounds like I, I missed it. Congrats to Corey. I was calling about the NASCAR tickets, but uh you
3: know,
10: <laughs> congrats to to your other caller and he's he's local, so it might be easier for him to get there. Yeah, we well, did two races at Coda, the two two F one races and my wife and I have it on a well it was on our 2020 bucket list to go see a race together and uh covid kind of messed that up so we're we're going to see if what we can go see this year.
3: Awesome. Well, we've got uh so we got MotoGP, NASCAR and Formula 1 as we speak of the big boys, plus plenty more. Well, what do you what's your favorite thing to do from a, as a Kentuckian to come to Austin when you come to the F1 race?
10: Well, so now, uh, now I live in Louisville, Kentucky, which is actually we jokingly say is our Austin. It's, uh, it's kind of, we, we stole your old slogan, uh, keep Louisville weird. Um, but, uh, you know, so a couple of years ago, I actually went to Austin, um, by myself on about two days notice. I rented a minivan and I slept at the airport because the hotels were booked for two hours around. Um, and, but one of the cool things I got to do—I I, I love the, um, I guess you guys call it Soco, South of Congress, Yep. yeah, strip, um, all of that stuff around race time is great. The city was really leaned into the Formula One race, and it was cool to see. Um, I saw one of the McLaren demo cars, and like in a hotel lobby, um, and so just exploring that area. And then I also stopped by one of the motorcycle dealerships that advertises on on talk uh, on on your old radio station and test rode a uh, an electric motorcycle which was which was a
3: hoot. Cool. oh nice very oh, cool nice. yeah well good well i uh you know we are going to talk about the mazapin thing what do you think about the way hasif one handled you know the, the the way they handled it by the way and i'm just going to paraphrase was they came out and said it's been handled internally we will no longer comment on that
10: well, I, I would say, uh, and thankfully for, your all, for you all, I'm not as fond of profanity as Gunter Steiner is, <laughs> um, but it, it nearly it nearly drove me to profanity. I mean, it, it's just the most baked-over boilerplate PR statement you could put out, and you have to like, I, I don't know. I mean, they could have done better than that. They could have they could have said something to the effect of, you know, more than it was handled internally, but we're aware you know, how this looks. We're hoping to give a young driver the opportunity to develop and grow in in an environment where we feel like we can make a positive impact. But they just, I mean, they did. I mean, you very easily could have, I I mean, that's not even what I do for a living. And I think in the last 30 seconds, I was able to come up with a better (laughs) statement than we handled it internally. Um, So I'm disappointed. Um, I I think, you know, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that um, Schumacher just whips him up and down. Um, hmm. The uh, the calendar and uh, and and it's a non-issue. Either he gets sacked midway through the season. Um, I I was reading on social media. Uh, my biggest hope is uh, I hope Max Verstappen punches him in the mouth because <laughs> of yeah. anybody on the anybody on the grid. I think Max is probably most likely to do it.
3: Um, yeah, I'd so, agree with that.
5: Yeah. So, uh, oh, Adam, I'm, I'm right with you. I, I was uh, willing to donate a throat punch to him myself, having three <laughs> daughters. I and I was very disappointed that Haas didn't come out and say we adamantly oppose this type of behavior. Blah blah blah. It, well, they did say that. They did say that
4: statement. But it, well, they did say they they was abhorrent weak, was the word. Kind of was the way I felt. Yeah. And I'll say one thing as having been an F1 journalist, you know, at every round had this happened at a actual Formula One race. And let's let's move it forward to to Mm. next March. And Mazepin is on the grid. And on the Thursday night before the race, uh, this incident happened. And it doesn't matter how it happens. And of course, there's more to the story. Uh, the girl involved posted the posted the thing, said it was a joke. Don't know how much I believe in that, but you know, there's more to the story. But my bottom line is, if the press in the paddock had got hold of that story during a, a race weekend, there would have been hell to pay, and Haas could not have covered it up.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you're right. That would be a whole different thing. Well, Adam, thanks a lot, buddy. We appreciate you you listening, and we appreciate you calling. And stay tuned. We're gonna to try to give away tickets quite often this year and um I'm certain it and we'll and we'll get that hat out to you this week.
10: Oh, sure thing. And I and just to leave on a happy note, uh <laughs> McLaren on January first dropped a picture of Daniel Ricardo in his McLaren polo. My wife is a huge Daniel Ricardo fan. That honestly made her twenty twenty one. I think we're that's it. It's it was the best thing that could have happened on January first.
3: Ah, <laughs> that's <so>. awesome. <laughs> really thrilled.
10: For, for our, our guy, Daniel, um, who I think, at, and yeah, as the McLaren family, McLaren fans, we're happy for Daniel and Lando. Uh, and I'm going to see if I can't make Daniel a colonel. I think he might have to physically come to <laughs> Kentucky to pick it up, but I feel like I can pull this off.
3: <laughs> I bet you could make that happen. Talk to the governor about that. Adam, thanks a lot, buddy. We appreciate you calling.
5: Thanks, guys. Happy New Year, Adam.
3: All right, we're going to take our last break, and when we come back, we have one more special phone call that we will uh, will bring on. So you're listening to Speed City, and we'll be back after a quick break.
7: Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City.
2: Welcome back to the fastest hour in
3: radio, Speed City. All right, here we go. We have another caller on the line. We have Mr. Green from Wimberley, Texas. Mr. Green, oh, do we have to stand as the enters? <laughs> Mr. Green, welcome to the show.
8: Hi, gentlemen. Good evening. You're doing a great show. Thank you. I just thought you might do an item on Lewis Hamilton before the end of the show, which was a roundup.
3: Uh, a, a, a
8: roundup, you said? Well, it's something that you might be amused at. Your listeners might be amused at. Can I go ahead?
3: Absolutely, sir
8: well let me just say this if you do the same thing over and over again until it becomes a reflex beware of the consequences because it can lead to an embarrassing bout of absent-mindedness consider the case of the race driver lewis hamilton when he was just 10 years old he told the founder of mclaren automotive the manufacturer of high performance vehicles that he wanted to race for the company when he grew up four years later at 16, he joined McLaren's program for young drivers. And in 2007, he made his Formula One debut driving a McLaren. In 2008, he became world champion for McLaren. And so, in 2013, during the Grand Prix race in Malaysia, Hamilton pulled into the McLaren pit for a routine, routine change of tires. <laughs> there was just one problem. He was now driving for mercedes, <laughs> mercedes.
3: <laughs> that's good oh, that's great. i forgot mr. about green. that that is that's fantastic uh oh.
5: mr green i've got a really important question for you tonight so uh audience if you haven't checked on this is this is the master green jonathan's father <laughs> so,
8: I forgot mr green about that.
5: That was he on the naughty or the nice list last year <laughs> What's the question? Sorry. (laughs) Was your son on the naughty or the nice list last year? Always the naughty.
8: Always the naughty. Uh, Always always the naughty, but he's a great chef. (laughs) He is a good chef. Hey, Pop, what do you think of the knighthood? Do you think it's a good thing? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's a great thing for this, for him, and everything else.
3: Well, Mr. Green, what peerages do you have similar to knighthood?
8: Oh, I don't have any of those. I'm a freedom Freeman of the City of London. I'm an honorary Texan. I love my wife, and that's about it. <laughs> what What does the freedom of the city allow you to do, sir? Walk over Tower Bridge and urinate.
6: Oh, <laughs> and, and I believe being, you can drive your sheep across the bridge
4: as well, right? <laughs> Sorry, you can drive your sheep across the bridge. Yes, as I can
8: well. also drive sheep. That's correct. <laughs> that's nice.
3: Oh well, Mr. Green, thank you very much for calling in tonight. We appreciate it.
4: Uh, our respects to to yourself and Lady Norma.
3: Yes, tell the Queen we said hello. Absolutely.
4: Thank you very
8: much indeed. Your you're doing a great job, you guys. Keep going.
3: <laughs> oh, that's so great that your dad called in. We've been trying to get him to call in for ten years almost, and he
8: finally.
4: Hey, did you know, he's. He, I tell you what, he's excited. His team, Burnley Football Club have just been bought by an American investor. So Formula One's getting investors, and even historic teams like Burnley are getting investors from America. (laughs) Oh, Oh, mayhem! (laughs) Mayhem ensues. It could well be.
3: (laughs) Uh, Hey, Jonathan, we had... I mean, I've never seen you put so many stories in our show, Doc. You had 22 stories. We only got three minutes left. Uh, Les, you had a couple in there, too. I mean, anybody feel strongly about one they want to talk about? Hey, Harris Hill is a track
5: that we've known for a long time and uh, they've had a lot of upgrades over the past year and a half and one of the things that's really special is they now host three sports car racing series uh miata the mustang 4 and the 914 uh, each have their own series in it and even more important you can when you join that club you can be on that track six days a week now. That's huge in private sports car clubs and track clubs.
3: Oh, that's cool. That's Harris Hill, right? That's awesome. Yeah. And that one's Harris. I got, yeah, the yeah, other ahead, story Jonathan. I
4: want to talk about, and I'll, I'll save it for next week because it, it's, it, it needs some talking about, which is Haas. Have, forget the, the the bad news about Mazepin, and I think it will die down. And let's hope it. We all move on. For a, let's face it, he's a kid. He made a mistake. Move on. Um, and whether you agree with what happened, I, you know, is immaterial at this point. Haas have now built their own uh, headquarters right by Maranello, and Jock Clear, who has been the driver, coach, and engineer for. Charles Leclerc for the last uh, two years will now be looking after Mick Schumacher at Haas, and wow. he will also be looking at the junior program. So that's a big, big uh, piece of news. That is wow.
3: Yeah, that's very big. Uh, I we do have we have about two minutes straight up, Jonathan. What about the the uh, the, the one third one third one third ownership of Mercedes F1? I mean, I know that's a big story too. But just I know you wanted to talk about that.
4: Yeah, I do. Because um, and I again, I think it's something we need to delve into uh, with a a bit more sort of uh, gusto because um, it kind of passed us by because it happened right at the end of the season. And everybody was talking about Lewis's next uh, contract. And I believe that Lewis's next contract had a part to play in what has happened. And what has happened is that now Mercedes is split a third, a third, a third between Mercedes AMG and Ineos, their sponsor. They have now become part of the team. Uh, And that is huge because unlike uh, the investors into Williams or even uh, Stroll at Racing Point, this is a chemical company basically buying into a Formula One team as a partner. Uh, and that, I mean, you know, that's not stickers on the side of the car. That yeah. is genuine investment. And sh- it basically starts the shaping of a, a new model for business in Formula One, one of which I think we'll hear more of. And, I, I you know, I think yep. that's something we'll- Well, well Jonathan,
3: I, I wanted you to talk about that because we're going to talk next week a lot more about the business of motorsports. We're going to really dive in deep about that. And that's one of those things about how the like Formula One and a lot of the motorsports are just changing, particularly Formula One. But that's a great segue into next week's show because we are going to talk a lot about that. But, hey, uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, to everybody, for calling in. Fun show tonight. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you next Sunday night.
6: Happy